Hello, there we go. That was Ben Joseph with his song, Two Tickets Please. And with me now is Ben Joseph. Hi there, Steve. How are you? Good. And we're here at Corazon in Soho, which is recommended as one of the best taco places or Mexican places in London or UK or what? Based on my research, yes, this is, this is one of the best. I've ordered gin and tonic, which is already offensive for the people here. <laughs> But I've got acid reflux, and this episode's sponsored by Gaviscon because I had a Gaviscon before I left the house. <laughs> well, you know the tubes where you swallow it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're going to talk about your music. You're a musician. Ben is a great musician because he is an entertainer as well, which is very rare nowadays. So, what's your story? Who are you? I usually say. My name is Ben Joseph. I'm from Alabama, the coastal part of Alabama. I've never been there actually, Alabama. So, it's like so is that next to uh, Louisiana? Mm, almost, but not quite. So Mississippi is right in the middle between the two, but it's where Alabama meets Florida. It's like a little beach tourist town. But I actually lived in New Orleans and that's where I met my wife, or as they say in the UK, my missus. Uh, I don't say that. I say my wife, like, like Borat. <laughs> My wife. My wife. This is my wife. I've always played in bands, toured throughout the South, from New Orleans to Nashville to Georgia, Athens. Met my wife in New Orleans. She got a job in Switzerland. So we said, can we cuss? Or no, Absolutely, should we have voice? Yeah. Fuck you. Just because I, I was about to say fuck it. We, we, we're... I thought you were going to say you, my wife's a bitch or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't say that. Yeah, we, we met in New Orleans and moved to Switzerland. Now we're here in London. I, I finished a master's in music here at SOAS, School of Oriental African Studies. It doesn't cost as much here as the US, right? No, it doesn't, actually. I, you know, I heard in the US, I mean, it's, it's fucking more, ridiculous, the it, whole thing. It is way more expensive. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I will be paying this off for quite a while. Unless I get, like, a number one record then. But even yeah. then, does that pay anything to have a number one record now? Um... I, th- I think it depends on the record and depends on the, I guess, the synchronization. You know, I, g- I guess if you... Oh, right, if you get it in a film. I guess if you didn't like a film or... I-, I would love to see how much the person who made the... Uh, oh, what is what is that song? I'm only human after all. Oh, yeah, that's um, Rag and Bone Man. I mean, that song plays everywhere. Is it it's any on, good, though? 
The, um, I feel like music is made like something that's in Tesco's now. Like, it hasn't got any originality or variation or anything to me, pop music. Like, even the new single by Liam Gallagher, because I was an Oasis fan when I was a kid, it sounds like it's been constructed in a Liam Gallagher factory. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, I've, I've heard it. It feels, it feels a little forced. Yeah. Um, what is it, Shockwave? Yeah, with like a, with like a short, punchy, hashtagable title. Everything feels like it's done for attention rather than creating it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Is this too early to start talking like this? Uh, no, no, I don't think so. I only met Ben five minutes ago, so we're going to order and we're going to be right back. Have you got any music you're into at the moment we could play? Um, punch, a quick minute of it. I've been listening to some Punch Brothers a lot. Oh, yeah, I played them on the last episode, actually, man. Really? Yeah, because I met I my feel friend. Like we have similar taste. In music. Yeah, and last episode, funnily enough, is in Mexico. So really? this might be cut. And I've interviewed for the next episode some Spanish women. So this is just a Latino podcast this year, seemingly. I haven't done many episodes because it's hard to edit them. But anyway, we'll be right back. And should we do Punch Brother? Anything else? I've been listening to a lot of Electric Light Orchestra. Are they the ones that have the... Uh, you know Electric Light e- ELO, yeah, okay. Yeah. All right, here's a bit of ELO and we'll be back in two secs. Right, that was ELO. There's been quite a long interlude because we had to choose what we're eating. And I don't know if this is the right time to podcast because I'm quite hungry now. How are you? We're now eating these amazing chips. Uh, nachos are on point. They served a, a nice tomato onion salsa. They did a little spicy chipotle smoked salsa and a guacamole, which, which is good. That's it's all pretty sensational for. chips for me, but I suppose they are £6 or something, right? Uh, how much were they? Five seventy-five. That's pretty good for Central London. To topos, guacamole, salsa. And yeah. so what's your experience with... You love Mexican food, and I've heard for years that there's no good Mexican food in London. Is that true? That is... Well, there's there's a couple places uh, based on the research. I would say Mestizo. I've actually asked... I've, I've met a few Mexicans since I've lived here in London, and I do ask them, where's the best Mexican? And every time they say Mestizo... So it's big in Alabama, yeah? Mexican food? Yeah, yeah. What else is life like in Alabama for people listening that have never left the UK or whatever? Well, 
living in Alabama. I the, the thing is, you like I it? yeah. I mean, of course, you know, I prefer New Orleans and London and Switzerland, but where I'm from is a very different. It's it's almost like a little micronation compared to the rest of Alabama. Perhaps it's a, it's a little island. It's it's a beach. It's very touristy. Really? Yeah. So where is it? It's right on the Alabama Florida line. So there's actually a bar that I've, I've played. It's a, it's it's a huge roadhouse called the Floribama. It's a, they have live music. Because it's on literally it. on the borderline between Florida and Alabama. Yeah. So it's called Floribama. If you do That's get a chance, you, yeah. they would do. They would love you. Yeah. If, if you have a British accent, I think you can get away with murder in Alabama. Seriously. Yeah. Well, I did trade on it for a while. I don't know. I never went. On my shagging tour of America of the 2000s, which is basically what was happening. By the way, the waitress has told us to beware of pickpockets in this area. We're on Poland Street. Ben has got a bag that's got no zips on it. I'm not carrying a bag, actually, and I'm quite glad of that. I went and dropped it home. I usually carry on a bag for work at the moment with a laptop in it, and that's why I've got, like, a bent neck. So what made you first get into music? What... What was like your teenage years like and all that sort of thing in Alabama? What were you influenced by? So, what's your beginnings with playing music? I guess growing up where I did, the environment was very musical. I, I didn't realize that until honestly I left New Orleans. I came to Switzerland, but a, music is just kind of, I guess, a, a way of life. Do you feel like it's the only hope for our, because it's the only thing that brings everyone together, regardless of your politics, religion, or what? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's one of the... So when people say... I'm not religious, really. So I'm like... When people say, what is God and all that, it could be music or love. I, I think Alabama... Well, Alabama is... Muscle Shoals, Alabama, Florence, Alabama, is actually kind of like a, a recording mecca. Because yeah. that's like where the Stones recorded some of Sticky Fingers. They, they recorded uh, Wild Horses, Cher, Bob Dylan... People still... How come, Muscle Shoals? Um, Why there? Uh, Is it a hotbed of country music or what? Uh, kind of, it was really for soul. So a gentleman by the name of Rick Hall, he, he passed away pretty recently. He was a songwriter, producer, and I think he just really wanted to make records. He put a band together. He got a, he, he got a studio. It's, it's famous for being very... Um, Integrated because at that time in Alabama, pre uh, civil rights, there was you know segregated restrooms. So at that time, for like blacks and whites to come together and make music. So you're you're growing up. Was it like fifty percent, six percent black, or what? Not on the the island where. Oh, right. But I'm right. from Harrow, which is like 50-60% Indian, Pakistan, Sri Lankan. Yeah. So I understand all of that, and it kind of informs your... I went to see a comedian last week called Paul Chowdhury, who's like a comedian that is Indian, but his comedy is a mixture of Indian and Chav, which is basically my upbringing. Just grow a bit of a beard. You've got a nice beard there. Dave, how long did that beard take you to grow, man? Nine years. <laughs> I grew this on the walk up. We're hairy people, innit? Have a look at her. <laughs> She's pretty fit. So you might understand if you're, you know, if you went to school with half white guys, half black guys, it kind of informs who you are. I don't know. What, I, there, there's a few blacks. There's a lot of Latin Americans right? and South Americans. No. Uh, a lot of Brazilians, a lot of Colombians. Really? A lot of Ecuadorians, a lot of 
a lot I'm of kids. Because I'm thinking like Atlanta is a lot, it's a big black community, right? Yeah, definitely. But even, I mean, all, all of them, right, the, the next town north, Foley, is, that's probably 50-50. Foley. Foley. Where the fuck you been, Foley? See, they've put out a lot of famous uh, NFL towns, players. The towns have got cooler names. Fo- yeah. But that's an Irish name, Foley. Well, you have um, Gulf Shores, where I'm from, is right in the middle of the port city of Alabama, which is Mobile. And then you have Pensacola, which is uh, has a Navy base. Mobile is actually notorious for putting out, I think, the most NFL players at the right. moment. Right. Check, check me on that, but I'm pretty sure Mobile, that, that region, puts out so... I grew up playing American football. You did? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Were you any good? Yeah, I was good. Yeah, I, I must. Uh, I had Dartmouth called me actually to come play football. It's like the Ivy League school. Oh, okay. But I wanted to play rock and roll, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you, but, but you asked me about growing up there. Everyone's in a band growing right. up. Our high school band was really good. I was friends with the, the kids in high school band. They kind of showed me. And what were you playing? Guitar, harmonica. Actually, my my but like bluesy rock and roll, like you playing now. Yeah, yeah, blues, rock and roll, country, classic rock. But also, my grandfather was a big band drummer. Actually, he, they were called the Nocturnes. They were, I I, th- I think they were. I mean, they had like a you know they had the you know what I mean by big band, right? Like yeah, yeah. My Emily's granddad was in a big band and played clarinet. My granddad is an accordion player from Ireland so it's common that but my parents aren't musical they like their music fans it's interesting that a lot of people I meet their grandparents are musicians their parents aren't so are you quarter Irish or half Irish yeah well funnily enough I'm half Scottish because my dad's born in Scotland and then my mum is not born in Ireland she was born here but this is a very Irish family so I often say that I'm half Irish but I'm not I am a quarter Irish yeah uh, so I'm not really that English. Don't know about you. Where are your family from? I'm actually quarter Lebanese on my dad's side. Lebanese? Yeah, because uh, a lot of Lebanese moved to Birmingham, Alabama. Did they? Um, in the early 1900s. So there's a huge, there's a pretty big Le- Lebanese community that that migrated. And my mom is from Minnesota. And it's mainly German and Prussian. Okay. We actually did the ancestry and they came... Uh, like 18, 1870, something like that. Came into like North Dakota. Have your parents done Ancestry.com? My dad's just done it and he's like addicted to it. My mom's side of the family they're, did they're, it. They're, at that age, they're doing it. The yeah. Ancestry.com. Yeah. But there's nothing in my family that's been like, you know when you find out that your great-great-great-granddad was like a paedophile or in the Holocaust, <laughs> some shit like that, or caused the Holocaust or whatever. I haven't had that. Well, I know one thing, one interesting on my mom's side, or on, on my dad's side, is my, my grandmother's roots are Irish, Welsh, no, no, e- English and Welsh. Well, everyone that's white is from Europe anyway, aren't they? Really, as a rule, kind of? Yeah, or Russia, Eastern Europe. Right, yeah. But my great, that's like my great great-grandfather or one of my cousins his name is john speed and he's a pretty famous cartographer i believe like a map maker cartographer so yeah. what's that I th- someone who makes maps oh i thought that was a weird I... cartoonist yeah <laughs> john suffers from indigestion his twin james suffers from heartburn sometimes it's the other way round, or both that's why they use gaviscon double action it soothes in three minutes and lasts up to four hours for jewelry from heartburn and indigestion, Gaviscon Double Action. 
Um, so we were just talking about Cockney rhyming slang because we were talking about the term of where you can eat for under a fiver in London and that a fiver Cockney rhyming slang is Lady Godiva do you know Cockney rhyming slang shall I tell you something yeah please do so it's boat race for face it's like, oh, she's, got a nice, she's got a nice boat race you could say that one <laughs> apples and pears for the stairs um, you're having a bath or you're having a bubble so that's you're having a laugh it's like, so, you know, if she came and said, oh, that's going to be £20, I'd be like, oh, you're having a bubble. There's loads of shit new ones. Like, in the 90s, it used to be like, oh, I'm having a couple of Britneys, and I'd be having a couple of Britney Spears beers. Or I've got the Brads, which is I've got the shits. Or the most <laughs> traditional one is I've got the two Bob bits, which is the shits. <laughs> or, for other bodily functions, when, you, when you've got... Uh, Hemorrhoids, which here is called piles, you'd say I've got the farmer giles. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, and if you've gone, they're all quite dirty. If you've been for a shit, it's like, oh, I'm going for a pony, which is from pony and trap. Crap. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like it's code, a lot of it. Yeah. And then there's all these terms with the money, like a Lady Godiva, a monkey, a, a score, you know, it's certain amounts of money. There's loads more. I'm trying to think of them now. Anyway, all right, so what were we talking about? Growing up in Alabama, you've ended up here via Switzerland. You started playing music just because of the school band? Because here we had Britpop, so it influenced people to play guitars. So I, I actually, I grew up with a lot of Brazilians, and one of my good friends, childhood friends named Atamak, you know, he kind of, I, th- I think he grew up playing bossa novas, sambas, and he was just obsessed with Pink Floyd and classic rock. I think when he came came to, he, I think, I'm sure even before he came to the States. So we actually had like a band together. So it was he and I and a couple other we, band geeks, they were, in, they were in high school band. And then at uni, as they say in the UK, at college, I went to the University of Alabama. I did music production and right. entrepreneurship there. But rather than like doing school, I just you know toured around the southeast, played played in bars like just to kind of make a living. At one point, I was like serving tables. Um, I actually did the rowing team. I did crew for Alabama actually for. Cool. for you are quite sporty as well. Yeah. And you're, are you supposed to be sporty in in your hometown? Yeah. Sports, sports yeah, is very, very big football deal. And stuff as well, soccer, yeah. American football, then basketball, and baseball is huge, actually, yeah. where, where I'm from. And I was trying to think of some slang I could throw your way from the, from the dirty south. Okay. Uh, well, I've been in New Orleans. I loved it. I went in 2014. I went to the Jazz Fest. Oh, nice. We should have played Dr. John. Here's a snippet of Dr. John, who passed away. Roll time. You all know the doctor? Dr. John, Mac Rebenack. Come on, Mac. Send thankfulness to the band and all the fellas. Two, three, four, one. Such a night. Such a night. Sweet confusion under the moon. Such a night, such a night, got to steal away, the time seemed right, baby your eyes met mine, 
this was my chance Came here with my best friend Jim Here I am just trying to steal you away from him Oh baby, if I don't do somebody else will Under the moonlight Such a night Such a night Got to steal away The time seemed right Baby, I couldn't believe my ears My heart just give a little beat Told me we could slip away down the dark end of the street. Baby, you came in with my best friend Jim. Here I am, just trying to steal you away from him, baby. Right, should we do a quick taco review? Yeah. So we had a steak one, a pulled pork one, and a fish one. Knowing what you know about tacos, how do you rate it as your, you know, the London taco experience in your life, etc.? I, I would say 4.5 out of 5. If it's really? Gonna, yeah, no, I, th- I thought it was really good, honestly. But in America, you get three, and here they're giving us two. Yeah, but I, I've, I've gotten used to that, honestly. They're, I mean, it's... They're it's, filling, though. They've got stuff in it. Yeah, they got filling. Um, for a European taco... For, for a Mexican taco here in London, Central London, I'd give it a 4.5 out of 5 for sure. Good job. Good job, Corazon. I think the steak one, you don't understand a steak taco, and I think I know what I, you mean. No, you, okay, so we we ordered, you, yeah. we, we ordered the tacos, yeah. you ordered the steak. I'm not opposed to it, because another thing is I saw the picture yeah. of the steak taco yeah. I thought before tasty. I came. Yeah. I thought it was tasty. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. But it's just, I generally don't like to do steak tacos. <laughs> Or steak sandwiches because you take a bite and you pull all the meat out, you know. That's absolutely once, right. And that's what kind of happened for for me anyway. Yeah, yeah. It was a mess. It was the one where I had to get the fork out. Yeah, exactly. So we had carnitas, we had fish, tacos, and we had um, carne asada. And the restaurant is Corazon. If you want to come, yeah. I'll give it three out of four stars for the price as well. It's not cheap. It's not cheap. We haven't even got the bill yet. We haven't got the bill yet. That's like. It's not cheap. However. It is. We're right off of Bond Street, yeah. so it's like you, you're kind of paying for yeah. uh, real estate. 
We can see the Sports Direct that used to be the HMV where musicians played really? on Oxford Street, yeah. Oh, God. I saw Paul Weller in there, the Libertines, and loads of people like that in the 2000s. The traditional taco is chicken, or is it fish, or what is it? You know, in the actual... Have you been to Mexico? I've never been to Mexico. I've been to um, where they go for spring break. I did an episode on it. Cancun. Cancun, I'm of course. I went to Cancun, man. Yeah. I didn't even have a taco. Okay, maybe we'll do this again. Maybe we'll review another Mexican place. We've only had the tacos. What's the best place to get the actual beans and all that in London? What are other contenders for the listeners? I think I'm going to put myself into this competition because I make... Oh, you think you can make them better than the restaurants? I th- my breakfast burritos um, cannot be rivaled. So a breakfast burrito has rice? Um, mine has has black beans in it. Because for me, I had a burrito the other day um, in Bristol for some, for some reason. And um, no rice. Rice too much. It makes me in a coma afterwards. I was already tired. So this was a food pill I'd been drinking all weekend. And the rice... Well, how do you feel about rice in a burrito? Too much? Um, I mean, if it's there. But I think, I think that's a good point because it is just filler, you know? Yeah, why do you need that? Like, I like a... Uh, Fajitas, they call them here, but a fajita is basically a burrito without the rice. Is that what you've experienced? Yeah, yeah, basically. And uh, most of the time, fajitas come out sizzling on a skillet. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, is a vegan burrito or vegan Mexican food is that possible? Yeah, I think so, especially in this day and age. Yeah. What did What did you say? Plant munchers. <laughs> you know the KFC vegan burgers come out this week really? I know quite a lot of vegans it's going down a rage but I've heard some controversial opinions that what the fuck are you doing in KFC if you're a vegan anyway <laughs> so do you know what I mean so yeah. how do you feel about all that would you eat a vegan burger from KFC I would I would try I'll, I'll try anything one thing that pisses me off about the vegan movement yeah. one one place in particular is you walk by and it's like eight pounds for a vegan burger yeah and it's like, if it's vegan or vegetarian, it should be cheaper than meat. I mean, vegetables is cheaper than meat, isn't it? Yeah, but I mean, a ve- like I saw... They'd make out they're making some sort of bespoke patty of vegetables and all that stuff. Yeah, it's and an they're... Yeah, and they're, they're getting away with eight pounds for a vegan burger. I mean... I get the Linda McCartney sausages. They're good. No, I do. I, I, I do that as well. Actually. That's a good substitute because you don't need to be in meat all the time. And I don't think we will in a hundred years' time. I I agree. The older I get, the less meat I eat. I, I slowly am trying to cut it out, and I do it for selfish purpose. And that is, I, I have more energy when when I don't eat meat. Is that right? Because I feel like once I've had, I mean, I'm trying to go to the gym in the morning at the moment. I eat kind of a yogurt or something in the morning. Yeah. And then I go to the gym and then I come out and I have like a, I had a turkey sandwich today. It'd be hard. I was eating it and I was thinking, fuck, why do I have to eat this turkey? But I was like, if this was just a hummus sandwich, I don't know if it would do it for the afternoon. Where I didn't eat for six hours until this. Yeah. I, I guess if you're working out, you, you kind of have to... They drink these powdered protein shakes, don't they? Yeah, where does that protein come from? Where, where, where is it? Is this plant-based? Is it? It's, it's got to be plant-based. Yeah, I mean... No, you can take... Because, obviously, I've got a mate who's a trainer, Tony, who was on the show, actually, and um, he... There's supplements you can take straight up. You can be a vegan and be 
it's not anything to do with you know I saw Paul McCartney earlier and he looked a bit gone but I think it's because he's 74 not because he's veggie you know yeah. so I think you can I'm just ignorant I guess one I, I guess one example you can look at is New England Patriots quarterback Tom Brady yeah. I don't know if you've heard about his diet yeah, know, yeah. but it is incredibly strict Right. And I mean, you look at that. Well, he's guy. Our, he's like thirty-five, isn't he? And he's an yeah, athlete. He's like forty-one. Is I he? Think. Yeah, forty. He's, and he's still the captain or whatever, isn't he? Of the Patriots. He's still the quarterback. Yeah. And they said that like he fucked about with the ball or whatever, tampered with the ball, deflated it or some shit. You heard this? Yeah, I'm sure he did. Yeah, but you you know if you're not cheating, you're not trying. Yeah. Fuck it. <laughs> I don't care that he did that. Have you ever seen the cricket guys? They're always fucking about with the ball. So it swings more in the air. It's like, you're going to try and win, right? Do you understand the rules of cricket? Yeah. You understand? I used to play cricket, yeah. Oh, okay, got it. It's actually really rewarding. So what I've found about sport is the more, the harder it is to learn, the more rewarding it is, the more exciting it is and stuff like that. So it's it's very overwhelming. I, I don't really understand golf as well. And, you know, like snooker. You have to learn. You have to do a bit of homework. Whereas if you just tune into basketball, you basically know what's going on, right? Or soccer. Yeah. So I could teach you cricket if you want. You can do no, a cricket I episode. I actually need that in my life because... Cricket's I, a relaxing sport to watch. Yeah. I mean, I generally like to consume alcohol and watch sports. Yeah, people get hammered watching cricket. So I wouldn't mind having a little little Pim's cup. We could go to the cricket, actually. But people get fucking hammered. Really? It's a thing that city people do. How, how long does a match last for, though? Well, they have two types of match. They have a test match, yeah. which goes on all day from 11 till 7pm for five days. Holy shit. Yeah, so you have two innings per team. You know, like an innings in baseball where everyone yeah. bats. And then they have a, uh, this thing called 2020, which usually lasts about two hours, where it's 20 overs, they call them. I'll explain this later. It might not okay. be that interesting for the listeners. We'll do a cricket episode. Okay, no, that's a good idea. And we've done the tacos. And now we're about to go... And we're about to go to Jassing, but I want to hear about your journey. So you found it quite hard when you got to London. Yeah, so I came to London with my wife. We both decided to go to graduate school. Uh, I did a master's in music. And, and Ben's band is Ben Joseph and the Lalos. And you're on Spotify or whatever and yeah, iTunes. Spotify. Uh, yeah, we have an album called Two Tickets, Please. And we're recording an album right now. And if I ask you why London, is it because of your wife and what she was doing? We were in Switzerland. She was working for an international organization in, in Switzerland. She hit the ceiling as far as... Uh, her career went she felt like she needed to get a PhD to kind of go further and I've I always wanted to do a master's in music so we both decided to come to London so the past two years has kind of been intense to say the least to work in playing gigs and be before I came so I met my drummer in Switzerland before I came actually I, I showed him I showed him the album two tickets please oh so you'd already done that where did you do that I did that while I was in New Orleans. Oh, did you? So the, the album, honestly, at this point is like uh, six, seven years old okay. at this point. So um, the drama... Yeah, so I met, I met uh, Vincent in Geneva, Switzerland, where yeah. he's from. And, and does she, he live here now? Yeah, yeah. He, he was living in London at the time, but we just happened to meet in Geneva. Is Geneva any good? You know, people always bitch about Geneva, that there's nothing to do... But that's where the politicians do the secret deals. Yeah, exactly. But that's where 
you kind of have to scratch the surface. People are generally there on business. They're kind of in and out. You kind of have to scratch the surface. But there is a lot to do. I mean, there's a lot of wealth there. Do you, What's the best thing about this city for you? And what's the worst? I think the best thing about the city is being influenced by all the different cultures from all around the world. I'm constantly learning new things about different countries, different cultures, different ethnic groups, different types of music, different types of food. I think the worst is what everyone bitches about is, you know, the the cost of living here. Do you find people a bit miserable, cynical, unfriendly? I do, unless it's it's warm and the sun is out, and then everyone's just like super friendly. Almost. Or when they're drunk. So when you're a musician playing in a bar, it's all right, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's fine. But then people ask you to play Freebird or whatever. But they do that in Alabama as well, right? Yeah, I have a I have a love hate relationship with the song "Sweet Home Alabama" because everyone always wants me to play it because I'm from Alabama. Okay, what's that then? Come again? You have a relationship with the song. Well, yeah, because it is, as as a. Do you like the song? I've I've always I've always had one foot kind of in the in the original music indie scene and another foot in kind of the session cover gig scene. I've always kind of played. But that's a good way to be. But I think that's yeah. why you're good. Yeah. Well, thank you. You like um, you know you put on a show you live. See, for me, music now playing live, especially in London, you just have to get people up. I mean, that's all Bruce Springsteen does and James Brown and that. That's what I want to do now. And I think playing covers does that. If you, but then what I've found in the last 10 years myself is that I like a cover so much that I'll just write a song like it and then it replaces it in a set. But when you're getting paid, you do have to play Sweet Alabama, you know, Twist and Shout or whatever. There, I, I have, I've never... It, it's happened to me in the States where they're like, hey, you need to be playing cover is not doing originals but that that even if i'm playing in a pub and i'm doing you know a cover gig if if i throw in originals like i i, I sell cds and pub gigs here and know. stuff like that yeah no they don't they don't know well, you know paul mccartney or springsteen or whatever they usually play a cover or two in this as the stones yeah it's kind of i think there's nothing wrong with playing covers for me speaking of covers maybe the next song we could do i actually i i do like florence and the machine speak because they're they're from london right yeah, I think uh, so. Yeah, but they did a cover of Fleetwood Mac's "The Chain." Okay, uh, not Coachella. What's what's the big music fest here? Glastonbury. Glastonbury. I think they they're like well, this is the only time we're doing it. I'm actually obsessed with Fleetwood Mac, so you you can play some Fleetwood Mac. Do you know I like Lindsey Buckingham the song "Trouble" because I'm about to do an '80s album, and I yeah. put together a playlist of references, and the song "Trouble" by Lindsey Buckingham. I think he's kind of the heart of Fleetwood Mac as well. Is this his solo Yeah, it's his biggest solo song, Trouble. I've probably heard it before. Yeah, you know if you heard it. But you can hear that he is a big part of the band, and they've just fired him, right? And, like, I think Stevie Nicks is all right. I have a conspiracy theory about that. My conspiracy theory is they didn't actually fire him. I think he had. I think he knew surgery was coming up, and I I think it was a marketing ploy. They're like, oh, we're going to... We're going to fire Lindsay for that. What do you think? Yeah, but it's volatile, him and the Stevie Nicks, isn't it? No, it is. It is. It's like Liam and Noel, isn't it? It's not a joke. I think it really isn't. I, I don't think it's as bad as the, the Gallagher brothers, but I, that's just a conspiracy theory. It could be wrong. I don't, the stranger things have happened. Yeah. No, you, no, you're right. I think Fleetwood Mac would be, forgive me if I get this word wrong, biopic? Yeah. You know, like... The, or biopic. It's, it's one of those words... 
You know, put the emphasis wherever you want. Uh, you know, they just did one with Elton John. They did one with Queen. I think Fleetwood Mac would be. That's going to come. Yeah. That I, it, I hope it comes. And I hope it's, it's a good done. way to get young people to listen to good music. Yeah, yeah, no. If anything. Yeah. Welcome back, it was Lindsay Buckingham. I don't know if, uh, it's a very busy restaurant, so sorry about the noise. It's very white in there, mate. You found that? Yeah, I, I didn't notice very, it. Very, uh, I'm on 50 grand a year, spilling like tacos on my tie type shit. It's whiter than I am, and I'm white, do you know what I mean? Oh yeah, so Sweet Home Alabama, I don't know if we covered it enough, but when I went to Nashville, so I was 23, I'd never, I'd been in New York once, when I first went to Nashville, I was like, what the fuck is going on? And I was on Broadway, which was maybe a bit different in 2005. Now it's all baby boomers. It's a bit like plastic, you know. But I was like, all right, what's going on here? And it was everyone, it was like 18 year old girls dancing to like Sweet Home Alabama or, you know, Willie Nelson or whatever. That was amazing to me because here, 18 year olds only dance to music that sounds like it's been made on a fucking iPhone, like a Terminator or whatever. And so. Is it? It's not like a um, Confederate anthem or anything like that. Is it a white person's no, song? So the 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 story is Neil Young wrote yes. a song called Alabama. Sud- yeah, Southern Man. He has a song called Alabama and Southern Man, and they both sound similar. Yeah, I know. Yeah, they're both songs, and he's shitting on the South. Which right. is really easy for a white Canadian to do living right. in a homogenous yeah. community. Yeah. I mean, he was young as well, right? Yeah. Then they answered back. I hope Neil Young can remember. Yeah. Southern man don't need him around anyhow. Skinner recorded with the guys up in Muscle Shoals and for them they saw well these guys are kind of pushing the boundary you know, maybe at the time Leonard Skinner recorded the song it was past civil rights but they know the history of Muscle Shoals and that you know the musicians and music producers and the songwriters wanted to in, you know be integrated with 
black and white America. You know, the it was the music that was bringing blacks and whites together to to create music. And so I think Leonard Skinner, you know, have you know made close friends with people in Muscle Shoals, and they they have friends in Alabama. And they're like, well, they're not racist. You know, Neil Young doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. You know, I think that's what. That was the call and response. Um, I think Neil Young, and I may be wrong, check, you need to check this fact, and if you're listening, do, do some research, but I could be wrong, but I'm, I'm pretty sure Ronnie Van Zant, the singer of Leonard Skinner... He died, right? Yeah. Died One of his pallbearers of, was Neil Young right. in the funeral. So. Well, it's weird, isn't it, because Neil Young's... I'm playing a gig... Well, we're playing a rehearsal this Saturday where, with the milkshakes, we're going to play Neil Young. All afternoon, I think we're going to do a gig as Neil Young, and like for me, I feel like he's the best songwriter ever in this sort of folk, country Americana world. For me, Every, I mean, I, he's I, contentious though. Yeah, he is contentious, but I mean, I I grew up listening and loving Neil Young, despite you know being from. So there was a thing in Alabama going fuck Neil Young. No, not really. Every everyone loves Neil Young in yeah. Alabama, even though he's. It's still a bit tongue in cheek, yeah. The yeah. Whole thing. Honestly, I never. I mean, what's he saying in the song "Southern Man"? He's saying they're all racist said, or whatever. Southern man. Uh, what does he say? He says, "Southern man, don't forget what the good book says." Okay. Essentially. He's having a go at religion as well. Yeah, exactly. Which fair point. Um, I tell you what, being from Alabama and being being a white heterosexual male from from Alabama. Yeah. I, I, people sometimes are like, oh, oh shit, you're from Alabama? It's kind of racist right. there. Right, so they think it's like being a Millwall fan or something. Yeah. Right. Um, but the only time, which is strange, it's very strange, but the only time I come across that is Canadians from British Columbia right. are the are the only ones who, when I'm, not, not all, of course, Canadians from British Columbia, but sometimes... <laughs> Well, any time it's happened, they're like it's it, it happened in France one time. I met this guy who works on boats from British Columbia, and he's like, "Oh, Alabama, it's it's kind of fucking racist down there, isn't it?" Right. <laughs> so like, people are idiots wherever you go, right? Yeah. And opinions are like the lowest form of intelligence, they say, you know. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, when I was in British Columbia, that's Vancouver and stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah, I played a festival there ten years ago, actually now. And uh, it was just full of people my dad's age smoking weed. Like, my parents' generation here didn't smoke weed. But they were all smoking weed, sitting in deck chairs, watching me playing music. And nobody seemed very contentious. They were all just very high when I went to British Columbia. I don't know where you met this guy. In, in Canada? France. No, I met, I met him in France, actually. Okay. Well. This has happened a couple of times. And it's generally Canadians from British Columbia for some reason. Right. Well, fuck them. Maybe it's just a coincidence, maybe. Okay, so should we do one final thing where we both have a story about Nashville? Is that right? Yeah. I was going to ask you I what you. What was your story from Nashville? No, my story from Nashville is right. I was with my sister, and I, I don't think I've said this on this podcast. And I was in the Stetson hat. It was only like the second night I was there. I was single. So I think I smoked back then as well, or something, or I had a lighter. And so this girl at the bar hears me order a drink. And she just looks... No, she asked me for a light. And I go, yeah, here you go. And I said something, just in my accent. She, and she was like, you mesmerise me. <laughs> All I'd said is like, how are you doing? <laughs> and so then I'm dancing with this girl. We're both wearing Stetsons. My sister's just sitting there at a table. And then she go, I don't know, you're coming back to my hotel? And all that. we were leaving the next day. And so my sister went back to this hotel. I was with my sister because she had a... 
job where the head office was in Nashville. For some reason, that's why we were there. And so I went with these two women in a cab. And I always remember, she pulled me into the cab so hard that I hit my head on the fucking top of the thing. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and I'm still wearing a Stetson. And I'm with two women. And then we drive out of Nashville about 10 minutes. And then we pick up this guy somewhere who's like this big tall guy called John. I remember this as part of the story. <laughs> and he um, gets in the car and it becomes apparent that he's married and this girl in the front seat is married as well. I don't think the one I was with is married. I think she had a kid, but she wasn't married. And uh, they're about, they're, you know, a few years older than me. And so we go back to this hotel room. I, I remember this hotel. If anyone listening is from that area, there's this hotel in Nashville where there's like this Amazonian outdoor area like a corporate hotel with like all this like trees and stuff in the middle of it and waterfalls and shit I was hammered and young and all that shit and didn't know what the fuck was going on and so I went into this room where there's two single beds and so these two or maybe it was double beds I can't remember but um, they get into bed and my one we're kind of fooling around and she kind of falls asleep nothing really happens (laughs) just kissing and like all that shit so her keenness somewhere has completely nosedived in the cab or whatever. But then I had to listen to these two people who were cheating, shagging. For about, it's about 5 a.m. So I had to listen to them shagging for about 15, 20 minutes. The lights were off. My girl was asleep. His name was John. I remember her just going, John, John. And I'm just asleep. I'm listening to people shagging, basically. <laughs> And at some point as well in this shack, if it was now, I'd record it because it'd be a podcast. It was 2005. And at some point, she goes, you got a condom? He's like, no. And he's like, oh, I better not be pregnant. And then she paused and it was like, but if I am, it better be a girl. <laughs> <laughs> so then they fucked. It was like 6 a.m. and I had to go back to my hotel because I was leaving at like 8 a.m. And then I got in the cab with him. And he was like, Steve, what happens in Tennessee stays in Tennessee. <laughs> I was like, what? I'm not even from this country. So he was obviously fucking someone. But that's my story from Nashville. And that's like, and I went back to Nashville about a year and a half ago with Emily. And it was, I just saw it very differently. You know, I was like weird at the time. I had blonde hair and we went to East Nashville quite a lot. Um, but yeah, what's your story from there? Or Have you got a funny story that doesn't have to be from Nashville, just from playing live? Quick story about Nashville. So I, I did actually play a gig up in East Nashville. Okay. And one of my... Basement East? Uh, There's a few venues I remember. No, no this was like a, a strange little like diner. It was called Dino's. Okay. But I think anytime I, I mention Dino's to people from Nashville, they if it's still open. Yeah. Um, but basically, I went up there, I was doing like a little mini tour with with a band through from New Orleans up to Nashville. And one thing that I tell musicians all the time in Nashville I tell people, uh, I was with my good friend Nolan Ray, like well we we played music together at uni. But basically we were staying with him. He took us out to Broadway. Yeah. It's late. We're out and we go into the music club. But everyone knows him because he's yeah, I, I've, I mean, we were out on Broadway. I, f- I forget the name yeah, of the name. Yeah, but, yeah. but we walked. That's in, still there. That's a famous one. Isn't it? But I walk in with Nolan. I mean, musicians are good. They can play, you know, their lick and talk, and you know, they're they're entertainers. Mm-hmm. So as soon as we walk into a bar, this happened to every bar we walked into. Three, 
Uh, so I, I got to play it at a, f- a few different bars because of this. But yeah. walking to the bar, the musicians playing see Nolan. They look at me. You know, I look like a musician, dude. In the middle of the song, they're playing like, hey, buddy, you want to get up and play? You want to come up and play a song? I'm like, hell yeah, I want to get up and play a song in Nashville. Then he's like, all right, cool, man. And I'm like, I'm, I'm left-handed, though. I was like, I, I, I don't have my guitar. He's like, well, it's, it, he's like, it's, your, it's your funeral, bro. I don't care. He's like, just, just play whatever. So I get up, and I was like, man, no one, like, these guys are so friendly. Like, they're, they're all about just letting me jump jump up and play. He's like, it's because they want to take a piss break, actually. Ah. <laughs> He's well, like, did they think you were someone else? They thought you were like... No, they just wanted to take... Because they knew... <laughs> no, one, no one's just a bass player. And he, I'm sure he plays guitar. But um, you have to play for four hours straight in these... Yeah. Uh, in no the break? Network. No break. Four hours? So, that's how they get a break, is they have other musicians jump up and play. So... But That's, can't they take turns and uh, just have a bass player have no bass for a song or have no guitar? There's um, no way of doing it. Or making it part of the I'm show? Sure, I'm sure they can get away with it somehow, but that's that's generally the rule. That's cool. It's cynical. It's all about the money, though. They didn't yeah. give you any money, then? No. Because they're getting tips as well, right? So they get tips I mean, I and got, the money from I got, the bar? I got a, a, I they bought you a drink? Yeah, I got, oh. yeah, I got get a drink by me. What so. do you, and you played the song. What song was it? I played One Way Out by... Originally by Sonny Boy Williamson, but is that um, a good song? Yeah, it's Almond Brothers. I mean, people know it by the Almond Brothers. Should you finish with that? Yeah, yeah, let's do that. For now, live from what's his venue? Corazon. Corazon. Four point five out of five tacos. Haven't got the bill yet. We might just go. uh, Might do a runner. Is that what they call it in America? The bill might drop. Nash and Dash. What'd you call it? Uh, Chew and Screw. No. Heard of that? No. Now that's what we might be doing in a minute. But thanks for joining us, and thanks to Ben. Bonjour from me. Uh, au revoir. <laughs> au revoir.